what's up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast. I'm your host, Jabril Sahami, the newbie, and I'm joined by... Rafael Luca, actor, clown, thespian, and a pure cinephile. Oliver Mangum, writer, producer, and fellow film lover. So yeah, enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril Sahami, and back again, as usual, the two guys, the mandem, the... The hombres. I don't know what else I can use. I need to figure out more of these words. The frontiersmen. Yeah, I always say the 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 two guys. But anyways, it's Raf and Ollie. How about you guys say hello? Hola, como esta mi amigo? <laughs> that was my reference to the film that we just watched. I stayed silent. Did you see? Did you, did you see what I did there? Very good. Very good. Very good uh, all all very in the good. eyes. All in the <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. <laughs> All right, and we are back again with our second movie of our Kiwi Cinema theme for Kiwi Films. Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, we're back at it with The Piano by Jane Campion. And Raf, take it away. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this film because there's a lot going for it. And it's kind of, a, I, I think it's a hallmark in, in a cinematic experience to experience um i think it's a movie that's so deserving of all its accolades of all its reception of its praise and of its um claim in the cinematic pantheon so this uh, movie came out in 1993 it's called the piano and it was directed and written by jane campion who recently won an oscar for um, her latest film, The Power of the Dog. So it was a long time coming, but this is a director that I think we had to speak about um, and we had to kind of address one of her films. Bring it on, baby, bring it on. Yes, the sound effects are in and I hope that people can hear them because they so rudely interrupted me. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a movie I think that we were going to talk about, you know, one day or another and i'm glad it came in for the kiwi theme um i hope that you both enjoyed it but you know before we get started let me just explain what the story is about for the people that haven't seen it um so it's a story influenced by jane manders um the story of a new zealand river as well as a french folktale bluebeard um so campion kind of um has influences on both of those stories and it tells the story of a Scottish pianist named Ada McGraw, uh, an elective mute who is sold off by her father into marriage with New Zealand frontiersman Alistair Stewart, played by Sam Neill. And I should say that Ada McGraw is played by the beautifully, um, a beautiful performance by Holly Hunter, which we'll dive into. Um, so she travels to this remote island with her young daughter, Flora, played by um, the incredible Anna Paquin. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think I'll just leave it there and I'll let the audience kind of, you know, if they're interested, it tells the story, uh, it has a bit of a love triangle in it. It's very, um, emotive. It's, and it, it, I think it encapsulates one word for me is feeling. It evokes feelings, um, in a very slow moving and powerful way. And I think Jane Campion is a, is a master of, of, of this art, of this slow moving art that is, you know, powered by desire, by feelings, by emotions and a very beautiful, almost wave like quality, much like the opening of, of this film. 
with you know the crashing waves and the beautiful shots that we get to see and she's also very um she you know the her work with with cinematographer um who i forget the name now uh steward deeper diver i don't know how to pronounce his last yeah drive driver driver um driver yeah maybe that we'll go with that i'm sorry for butchering it but just a very beautifully shot film as well um and he was also the cinematographer for the uh, last film we discussed yeah once for warriors that's right so we are now no stranger of his work um so yeah i i was really i remember when i first watched this film i didn't understand it i was very confused I think sexually confused. I think emotionally confused. I think I wasn't ready for this film when I was younger. Um, so now having rewatched it, I have a much better understanding of what it's trying to say, at least in my perspective, in my opinion, um, of what it's trying to say to me personally. I think it can be a very personal film to the individual. And I'd also like to say before we go ahead that, you know, I'm a man. You know, Jabri is a man. We're all cis gendered heterosexual men i believe um at least to, to my knowledge from what you guys have told me um and yeah we're coming at this film with that perspective um we wanted to have uh perhaps a, a female guest on board to talk about this film but we couldn't um so we're coming at it with a very with that kind of male energy which this movie also has um so it's going to be a very interesting kind of discussion to to talk about the eroticism and and the female gaze that's introduced in this film um which we're no stranger to since we, you know we've done a film covering that as well so we were kind of we're learning about about it more and more um so yeah you know um before i pass it over to you guys i was moved by this film as moved as the waves crashing down on this uh foreign land and i thought um it really painted something beautiful to me and i still had hints of it was a very this watch was a very hauntingly beautiful watch so i hadn't actually ever seen this film before this is my first time and i've been meaning to watch it for a long time because obviously i'd heard about the fact that it won the palm Dior. i'd heard about the fact that it won a couple of oscars and that it was uh it often cropped up in a lot of best of the 90s lists but I think, you know, the there was something about the premise of the film that sounded quite stark and self-serious. And so for whatever reason, I just was never jumping to watch it. But I was really glad to have the opportunity to do so here. And I've got to say, so this is one of those films where I really wish I had an opportunity to rewatch it before we discuss this. Because I, I usually try to watch the movies that we talk about at least um, a couple of days before we start recording. So I had time to sort of digest it and make notes but I sort of lost track of the time this week. And so I actually only watched it a couple of hours ago. And when I got to the end of the film, I was like, oh no, oh no, I am so not prepared for this recording because this is a really dense, thick, interesting, mysterious, haunting movie. It's quietly powerful, but I just think that there's so much to unwrap and it's something that's going to be going, rolling around in my mind for a while now. You know, I think this is one of those films that there's probably a, a lot of academic, um, uh, work written about it. It feels like something that should be discussed in a classroom, um, not necessarily on a podcast with three three dudes. Um, but yeah, I, I really found it quite entrancing. I was really taken with it. I think it's it was really interesting because it's one of those films where my relationship with it sort of evolved as I was watching it. I thought I had it figured out at several points, and then it became something different entirely. 
So like when I was when I when it, when the film first started, I thought I was watching somewhat you know more of a classic period piece about female resilience in a male dominated world, and then it shifted to something else. It was it suddenly became about this forbidden love story. At least that's what I thought it was, and then it became something different entirely, which was what I think the movie is ultimately about: one woman's journey towards self expression and self love, and um, I guess in a way her control of her for sexuality and so yeah it, it's a, a a deeply powerful film really you know really taken with it and i need to rewatch it but i'm going to try and talk about it clearly while i can on this podcast so yeah very much liked it jabril um yeah so uh, you guys made some uh, a lot of points that i resonate with um uh so ollie is has this was this the first time you watched this movie yes yeah it was Yes. Okay. And Raph, when when was the first time you watched this movie? I believe I was <laughs> I believe I was a feeble, lost little 19-year-old. I don't know what I was okay. doing with this film and I don't know what this film right. did to me. Oh god. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so um as usual, I also watched this with my roommate. And I think he watched this around the same age as you when you first watched this, Raph. Mm. Um and I guess I felt I feel the same way a I wouldn't say confused about the the movie in general because the movie is is very beautiful, mm. like it's it's very beautiful but also very sad. Yeah, like um, it's quite a yeah, a very a very just rare, you know, mm. like sad. Yeah, and, I was, and for for most of it, I just really, it, I just I. I didn't like the feeling that I had in my chest, you know, just like all three main, uh, let's say all four main characters just kind of like, ugh, like mm. for most of it. Um, so like Ollie said, I thought I knew the movie in the beginning, 100%. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and I kept on thinking uh, back to like uh, a, uh, a portrait of a lady on fire because yeah. that for me like is the definition, right? Like the the height of let's say what female gaze could be um mm. from at least those three movies that we watched um so i i, I, found, I found myself comparing it to that mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i started feeling like i couldn't understand the motivations of each character um a lot of the decisions made by all four characters were kind of confusing to me um the daughter uh ada baines and um what did they Alistair? call him Stewart? Uh, uh, was it Alistair Stewart? Yes. Yeah. 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 Same, yeah I, same I like how the Maori people called him Stewart, like to yeah. to fuck with him. I found <laughs> that really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of found their uh, a lot of their decisions, at least in the first half of the movie, to be confusing. And then towards the second half of the movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" I just got overwhelmed with what was going on. So then I just like kind of stopped. I had to like you know put my notebook down and be like, "Okay, no." like try and figure out what's going on and like ollie said like it turned into like a forbidden love and then like this self-discovery kind of thing um it it, it was a little muddled for me just because maybe i was a little bit too focused on her attachment to her instrument hmm. and for me like i also had to look into <laughs> myself and figure out my attachment to my guitar hmm. and uh, think about the decisions I would make in her situation. So it's rather than being a man making those those decisions, I was thinking as a musician and what my instrument means to me. 
Mm. You know, because there were parts where I was like, okay, I'm thinking as a musician, and there are other parts where I'm thinking like, oh, as a man, I'm I, I there's no way I can understand what she's going through. And to add on to that, like her performance uh, of someone who can't speak or is choosing mute. not to speak, I'm not sure what. Yeah, the, cho- choosing to be mute. Yeah, yeah, an elective mute, politically correct term is, but um, uh, yeah. So even going through that, you know, like. It, it was um, an interesting thought process because, you know, we just came off uh, the pianist as well. Yeah. And someone who was also very close to their instrument, but mm-hmm. the instrument wasn't really their reason to survive. While this movie, I thought the instrument was her reason to survive. Mm. And then yeah. it wasn't. And then it was, but it wasn't. And I was like... But I don't Dude, think that's just that's because just, her she's yeah. changing as a character throughout the film. I think it's not as if it, yeah. that was never the case. Like it may have been when she yeah. first arrived on that beach in New Zealand. Well, but I don't that, think that's it was what I'm saying. Like, story. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm I was confused by all these decisions throughout the movie, and I found myself wondering why, and then kind of losing <laughs> myself in trying to answer those questions rather than. Um, you know, staying attentive to the movie. And yeah, so I completely agree that I need to watch this. Let's see, like the thing is like, I don't want to watch it again (laughs) because it's just so sad, you know? It's, Um, yeah. But I feel like I need to understand it more at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. it, it, It leaves me with questions. And this is the thing that I was trying to say in the last episode. The last movie did not leave me with questions Mm. wanting to figure out what it was trying to say. Mm. This movie does. Nice. And, um, what I also feel is like this is like the Jane Campion thing, right? Like her twists. I feel like that's her style. Like from watching like the Power of the Dog and stuff, like just the, the unexpected twist and like the <coughs> these relationships between characters. I haven't seen any of her other movies, at least not to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's what her thing is. I don't know if you if maybe that's a movie newbie question, but like, mm. well, I think there's yeah. a lot in this. So yeah, film. those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot in this film that have gone on to be seen as hallmarks of her work again i have only seen a couple of her films i saw her tv series as well was it top Mm. of the lake which is also very interesting and i think yeah there's obviously a lot of feminist themes in her work there's usually a lot of eroticism a lot of sexuality yeah and i think there's a lot of um power plays that come into that come Mm. into effect when two people are sexually Mm -hmm. attracted to one another but Mm -hmm. yeah anyways yeah just talking more broadly about the film raf what were some of the things that you loved about it then well, I think I think that that the, the very things that you just said, um, the explorations, especially the sexual explorations, the erotic explorations, uh, the power plays, the power dynamics between each characters, and also what drew me closer and closer is the complexities of each characters. How they're not yes. conventional, orthodoxed. They're not, you know, this is not your. This is not like the kind of, you know, female character that you're expected to see. It's very different. It's it's very layered and nuanced. It's and 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 these captivating characteristics and personalities are what make this movie so alluring. Um is the fact that you're seeing something different and new and you're confused and you're like, but you want to keep watching it because you don't know where it goes and you want to understand these characters and they want to understand themselves and you're trying to understand and they're trying to understand and you're both kind of like in the same you're both in the same world almost you're inhabiting and plus it's inhabited in a very 
um, beautiful yet harsh and wet and muddy, you know, uh, antipodean kind of world. So I don't know if I said that word right, but what's that word? Sorry, and antipodean, antipodean, which is kind of like Australian and, and New Zealand um, backdrop. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. But um, I know I read that in the dictionary somewhere and it just yeah. stuck, but I never knew how to say it. Um, Every day you learn something new. Say it in French. Uh, we'll... by, it's not a French word, but I'll say oh, in French, a... antipodien. I don't, yeah. It sounds something. better that way. <laughs> sounds, it sounds better. better that way. It sounds better. Yeah, the, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, uh, all those, it almost, it, it's, it reminds me of a Western um, kind of harsh conditions, foreign land, kind of the frontier well, are, world. They, yeah, exactly. They are frontiersmen, <clears throat> essentially. At least the yeah. Alistair Samuel character is. So that's 100% the typical backdrop for a Western. Mm. Like yeah. Very remote and, and very, he, very, you know, um, uh, separated from the rest of civilization. Totally. And with, and with, its, with its layers as well, like the, the land itself has its layers of, yeah, mud, wet, um, kind of hostile desolate but also sheer beauty and then you go to the beach and you're like what the fuck like that those are like tableaus from a painting those first shots when they first arrive and you see waves crashing down and they're being transported to the beach or you see the 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 beautiful um layered colors and the composition of the of these of these shots of these frames um when all their stuff is just piled off on the beach like that's a painting to me um and just and getting these shots were were part of 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 the beauty and i think james campion like really makes a beautiful film not just with um each image and each frame and each shot but with its characters and its stories because it's something that you don't again it's a rare watch it's something that you just don't understand because you've never mm. seen it before and that's what i love about her cinema her filmmaking you don't see movies even power of the dog a western like that that's what it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so similar though. I feel like Power of the Dog and this movie are very similar. I, yeah, in I guess a lot they of ways, sure. yeah. they kind of explore the same. They kind of explore some of the same themes, right? Of like mm. who we are, our sexualities, our our you know our gender, let's say, or and the power play between each character. Mm. Um, there is a lot of commonality. There's a lot of parallels for sure. Um, I think, yeah, that's what draws me in. And I, I like period pieces. I, especially, you know, of that, of that Western genre, um, kind of the sensibilities, the clothing, the objects, the, you know, the belongings, everything about it, um, is really, I find it so tangible almost. I can, I can really, there's like a raw beauty to it. Um, yeah. And we have our man, I don't know why I'm saying that now, but we have our man Cliff Curtis coming back again, you know, from Once Were Warriors. I was like, I hope, I don't think he's in the next one, but no, he's not in the next one. Sorry, guys. Cliff Curtis will not be making an appearance in the next one. Um, but yeah, I think I think all of that kind of, um, for me, makes a wholesome cinematic experience that keeps you pondering. And any anything, any movie that can, like Jabriel said, can have make you have questions at the end whether you're questioning yourself or the movie and any movie that can keep you contemplating and pondering much after the rolling credits that movie made that movie did something yeah yeah i think um i think what you said about you know the characters themselves what their motivations were how that that 
you you weren't sure what they were or it seemed like they were shifting at different times i think that's really important too and that's part of like the the moving target that this film sometimes feels like you know like when you meet the character of of george baines for example like early mm. on he seems you know well they obviously introduce him as perhaps the more down to earth guy compared to the sam neill character but then yeah. he starts that or proposes that arrangement and it's and it's a little i mean it seems a little sickening it's quite exploitative from like like the kiss on the neck you oh, see absolutely him, yeah. you see it's, yeah it's, and then yeah yeah exactly it's very um it, it's very aggressive it's really um yeah it just makes you feel very queasy and obviously he's using her attachment to that object and her lack of other options here to get what he wants to to get her body essentially mm-hmm. but then you see but then he ends up uh uh was it um cutting cutting off the arrangement because it makes him feel wrong and he says that it's turning her into a whore is the word was that he uses and then you see that she's attracted to him and that he's presenting this kind of liberation to her mm-hmm. and then before you have you know the character of um sam neil as well like he seems like he's perhaps a little bit incompetent or he doesn't know how to express himself but he seems like mm-hmm. perhaps not a terrible guy at the beginning but then obviously and then he suddenly becomes like a voyeur as well and it seems like perhaps he's got mm-hmm. suffering from his own sexual dysfunction which he's unable to express and that maybe he doesn't know how to come to terms with that and then he turns violent at the end and then he lets her go it's interesting and all of that some people might see that all as being inconsistent perhaps or confusing mm-hmm. but perhaps these these this is just the spectrum of human emotion on display and maybe that's what a filmmaker like jane campion a filmmaker who's not coming from the typical male perspective would appreciate which is that human beings don't off don't always act in predictable ways they're contradictory you know i think one of the things that i noticed in this movie was um the there wasn't really a noticeable change in the passing of time so there were scenes that they would end and then the next scene would pick up and it's like possibly maybe a month or two like forward or you don't know. So I think maybe if there was some sort of way for um, the director to show a change of time, it might make the char- the changes in the characters more evident. But a lot of it just seemed um, irrational. In a way, can you give an know. example? Um, let's say, like, uh, is it Sam? Sam? Uh, Sam Neil, mm-hmm. the uh, Jurassic Park dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should refer yeah. to him by that name from here on out. Yeah, <laughs> Jurassic Park dude. Jurassic Park dude. <laughs> um, I was expecting, like, in the jungle, like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move, but a muscle. Move. <laughs> um but yeah like for the entire movie i just felt like he was like an idiot and um because of like his stupid decisions and i just kind of ignored him you know um i didn't pay attention to him but i yeah there was a lot in this movie that really like i really liked and that was like the ability for uh what's her name um Flora, uh, the, Anna? Two, the two, the two female characters. Ada, yeah. Anna, Ada is yeah. the mother, and yeah, Flora Anna. is the daughter. Oh, Ada, Ada, and and Flora. Sorry. Yes, yeah. um, their ability to showcase emotion, and mm. this movie's ability to showcase emotion, and I think that, like, fuck everything I said because what I said was 
something like personally to me, the movie, but I think the, the main thing about this movie is to invoke emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does it brilliantly. Yeah. Perfectly almost because like with, um, is it Hannah Ada's character? Is that her real name? No, it's not Hannah. Is it Ada? Holly Hunter, no, no, her, her real name, the actress. Holly Hunter. Oh, Holly Hunter. Holly, Holly yeah. sorry. Um, One of my favorite actresses, yeah, by like the way, her, of all time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like um, being from the Middle East and like seeing people like just eyes, eyes can communicate a lot of emotion. Mm. And fucking hell, dude. Holly Hunter yeah. said a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to just keep it negative. I mean, like her performance was dope. Oh, Even incredible. Flora. Yeah, like I think the star of the show yeah oh yeah an extraordinary example of of a child actor who displays a range of emotions at the age of 11 and and also doing a a scottish accent scottish accent yeah 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 Yeah. and uh learning maori yeah like i think she speaks maori a little bit in the movie um with the other yeah and then uh, singing gaelic or gaelic shall i say yeah yeah (laughs) dude um, and then she turns into a vampire like 16 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. That's the sequel. That's the sequel. Wait, no spoilers. And, but, and, in yeah, between, yeah. and in between those two points, she was one of the X-Men as well. Exactly. Really, uh, she was a mutant. Indeed. She yeah. led quite a life. Indeed. <laughs> Kiss to death. <laughs> yeah 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 no t- uh, yeah absolutely extraordinary turn um you know for for a child to to mm-hmm. convey all of that it's it's unbelievably remarkable um and to have holly hunter i mean her turn in her performance completely commanding um and the fact that you know she conveys it mostly like you said with the eyes it's it's all the power of the gaze again it's Mm -hmm. it's the it's that female gaze that we see through her gaze and through campion's gaze so it's it's a lot of like it's gaze within gaze almost the the interesting Um, thing about that performance is not when you when you if you were to think it's just about the eyes you'd think of someone being quiet sort of withdrawn introverted but even mm, though she doesn't mm. utter a single word out loud it's a loud performance. Like she uses her entire oh, yeah. body mm-hmm. to get angry, to get riled up, to it's, to throw things it's around. Like pulsating. I don't know. Absolutely. It's, There's a, a yeah. ex- exactly. There's a heat to it. You know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. It's it's. No. 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 Yeah. 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 You. You. You've. 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 You've taken all my points and said it very beautifully. Um, and it's it's that complexion of love, connection, and intimacy that that is so beautifully translated between all of them, really. But yeah, the the central performances of of both Holly and and Anna are uh, just out of this world. Um, I'm so glad that we're following, I, at least for me, that we're following extraordinary performances from Once We're Warriors to extraordinary performances from this. Um, and it's 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 one of those that that again. Um, yeah, take take takes my breath away, mm-hmm. um, and to 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 know that, you know, unlike once were warriors, you know, which is the relationship between the Maori and I, I guess I'm shifting it now from from seeing it in in the perspective of of two people of the frontiersmen um, and the and and the kind of colonials that live there with the 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 Maori uh, people. Um, and how in Once Were Warriors, it was kind of um, the Maori and the colonials is, is one of like um, division. And mm-hmm. this one almost felt like a unification uh, a little bit. There was more of um, of an understanding rather than... It, f- 
that fight. I kind of got that. Um, you know, when there's a shark and then there's like the little fish that like feed off of a shark. Yeah, par- I like, thought it was that kind of like parasitical relationship. Yeah, yeah like uh, I, I can't remember the term, like the duo thing. Mm. Like they 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 had the relationship because they had to have that relationship. Yeah, neither would survive. Right. Sure. M- yeah. Mutually yeah. Uh, uh, reciprocate, reciprocal, or mutually beneficial. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is, yeah. So there, there is, and obviously it's, it's, it's the 1800s. So you're getting, you know, kind of the first step into that long, difficult, complicated relationship between the two people. Um, but the fact that there's a fashion as well behind it. Um, and I think the costume department and the costume design of this film is, is amazing. It was Merrick. And I think of all the, I think of all the the nominees and 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 winners, um, only one uh, was male. Everyone else was a female costume designer. Um, I think uh, the two the two lead actresses, um, Jane Campion, and I think there's one Flora. more a set design. I think um, so. Really, you know, powerfully, you know, female led production, um, and all those accolades going. Oh, to was them. it uh, for the score, Nyman? No, it didn't. It didn't win for the score. No, no. It I didn't, think it was yeah. nominated. It should have. Yeah, yeah. I, it was I was gonna, That's a little. Oh, like, did, sorry, go ahead. Did Forrest Gump win? No, I think that came out the year afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but um, sorry, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I there, there's on a technical level, like we could speak of this. You know, we could have another hour uh, of discussion mm-hmm. because technically, you know, it's 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 marvelous to look at. Um, I think there's a st- this, the lighting is is stunning. It's it's playing with all the natural elements. The costume there's like a blue green design. color palette, isn't there as well? It felt right. like it was, it was and, shot in dusk the entire time. It was really I think like yeah, like fucking amazing, like magic hour all the time. I think I think when it was beautiful was when uh, Flora was looking through the um like the the gaps in the woods. those voyeuristic shots. Yeah, when she like caught um, her mom and uh, her mother and and George Baines, um, I don't know if they were. I think at that point they were just sort time. of. I think at that point I think they were just like laying laying together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she saw that and the lighting in that and like the way the golden hour light kind of like mm. goes through the building and hits their bodies and then the shadows and yeah, oh, like yeah, said. it's like again like it's that kind of raw natural element that was captured on camera which you can't cheat you can't affect you can't there is no that that's the real quality and that's what i love again about watching genres like that or watching movies that use natural elements because you cannot repeat it you cannot cheat it there is only you know one way to shoot it, and that's you know capture capturing it at the perfect hour so it's it's one of those things and i think i have to talk about the costume design just a little more because i always i thought that there was uh, you know, with this watch i thought there was kind of an avant-gardeness to it there's kind of a modernity to their to the to the design to the clothing with each of the maori people like kind of almost you know jokingly wearing the costume but there was like a i don't know there was like a sense of fashion and statement to it um, do you mean in yeah, a way in well. which do you mean as if it wasn't <clears throat> correct or like appropriate for the period setting? Like it was too yeah, modern yeah, to be yeah. for the 18, I think it's meant to be like the middle of the 1800s. Yeah. So it felt like that. It felt a little displaced, but in a very unique and 
and um, an interesting way. Well, it it, it kind of felt like Alice in Wonderland, literally. In a little like, bit, yeah. Like the tea party kind of... Is it the tea party? Well, I think that's... Yeah, just, yeah, the, that, the, that's, the I, don't think, I don't think that would have been um, out of place, though, at the time. I think because these are people no, coming yeah. from the Empire and they're in the colonies, even though they are in a rainforest in the middle of New Zealand or on a beach, they're not mm. going to... They're going to still be wearing what would have been the seen as like the civilized garb of the time they would have been wearing those massive corsets and those layers and uh, and everything but like do you believe oh well are you talking about the maori people or well just, i think um... I, I think i'm talking about both but i think i think the mixture of them in in this kind of mm-hmm. in this foreign land in this where where the garments and and those things don't necessarily belong there nor that they need to um but there's kind of that malleable adaptation of like we'll wear the hat and then we'll just wear one single like mm-hmm. you know or one single yeah. like jacket and then the rest yeah. will be you know kind of naked body or yeah. we'll have like maybe a little like scarf but then every nothing else there was like a mixture um of of like this kind of displaced sense of fashion that was neither there nor here that was neither that was neither purely Victorian nor yeah. purely Maori, and it was kind of that blend of fashion. I was like, I don't know. I there was a it, a statement. It was like very. It was it was really apparent in like the the beginning, mm. like when they are when she arrives, yeah, and when they leave, mm. like um I, like one of the, when I first noticed like like at least in Ada's um point of view how ridiculous she looked was when uh they were i think they were sitting playing the piano and then the tide comes in mm. and she yeah. tries to run with her umbrella yeah. to go and grab like a, a a box and then she realizes like there's no point mm-hmm. and then the second time it was really apparent was when they were leaving the island and um she was walking past a lot of like the maori people and they were all dressed um I'm going to assume it's like hand-me-downs from, or maybe things that they found from colonialists or something. Mm. I, but it seems very like put together, like something that they Patchwork. found. Uh, yeah. And when she was walking past them and it was funny cause you see like her going into the boat and then there was all these people like Maori people, like with um, I guess like, almost 90% of what they were wearing was Maori, you know, with the tattoos and I guess with uh, the bottom part of what they were wearing, but the, they were like wearing bowler hats and top hats yeah. and stuff and <laughs> rowing and singing like, like a haka. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I don't know if that's a haka cause they're in a boat. I, I don't know. the. Term. Yeah. Just sing. Yeah. Singing. We'll go with singing for now. Um, yeah. And it was, um, yeah, it just seemed so interesting. Mm, yeah, it really seemed. It was. I think. I think the attention. Why would they make it so apparent? I think the. the I think the, the attention the, to detail. The ending in the beginning. I, th- I think mm. it's because of what Raf said. I think the attention to detail from all of the um, heads of department mm. on this production was just so on point. I think mm. the mm-hmm. yeah the costume design. I think it's it seemed like they really put a lot of thought into what it would have looked like in this time and place. I think the 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 set locations they used as well. Like I was thinking a lot mm-hmm. through when watching this film. I was like, this must have been really difficult to shoot because it's meant to be like pelting it down with rain half of the time. It's muddy all over the place. They've got to wear these corsets. They get dragged through the muds, and then they're constantly walking up these hills in the middle of the forest. And they've got these cabins that are like waterlogged. I just thought it would have been, you know, from someone who's had a bit of experience on set, I was like, this must be so difficult to shoot. So I really appreciated that they made the, that Jane Cappian made the effort to make this seem like a, like, um, 
an authentic um, colony, essentially, or frontier yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and all, all shot and set in the North Island of New Zealand, which is Tai Akiai, I think um, is the Maori name, um, instead of the South Island, which is Te Wapunau. Uh, but I've never been to the North Island, but it, it just looks um, incredibly beautiful. And I think the beach is tucked away like um, mm. in the west, west of Auckland, um, but it's yeah, it's a beautiful location. Um, it seems like a, a very daring, um, a very daring and very daunting kind of um, production and project to, to to take forward because of all the natural elements that they were faced with. Um, but I I kind of wanted to like go back to maybe our female gaze and you know kind of uh, uh, maybe t- t- not taunt but maybe like give you something to think about here with this quote um and it's a quote coming from melissa silverstein who don't know if if she still is but was or is the founder and president of women in hollywood and she quotes this it might be one of the first films that i saw where i fully understood what it means for a director to have a vision nothing is said it is all felt The piano arrived at the time when most films depicting female sexuality were directed by men. I've always considered Campion's vision ground zero for the female gaze. Um, And I thought that rang like, I don't know, I I resonated with that because especially with the vision bit, because this is a movie that fully encapsulates someone's vision coming to life. And I think I, I said in the beginning, but this is a movie that I, didn't just passively watch, but I actively engaged with in, in, in my feeling. I felt this film yeah. more than I've watched this film, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's the power of the female gaze kind of doing that, um, <clears throat> or if it's just because it's a vision that's so beautifully rendered and beautifully put together that I had no other way but to feel this film instead of just like passively watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, <clears throat> I, I've, I've, I'm left with so many questions as well about the characters and about the story here. A few that I wanted to ask you guys. Um, yes, please. I, I, what did, okay, well, why not start with the end? What did you guys make of the ending? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I watched it, and again, I think I mentioned at the top, this is a film that I have to go back and revisit and read a lot. I have to read about what people who are much more smarter, much see, much smarter and more perceptive <laughs> than me say about this. Much more smart. Much more people talk uh, good than me. Um, people no. talk better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'd love to think to hear what you guys thought of that ending because, like, I'll just say I think I don't know if this film is a ha- has a happy ending. I mean, it seems like the character of Ada, you know, gets what you think she might want. She gets to. Um, she gets to leave behind Alistair's character and be with George, and she ends up using her voice again. Or that's 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 at least that's what's um, mentioned in the narration. But I don't know. I mean, she lost her piano, and then she hmm. talks about how she kind of um, dreams about being down there at the bottom of the ocean with the piano. And it made me hmm. wonder if she experienced a kind of rebirth or if she's longing to be down there. It was very ambiguous, so I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. Well, um, I believe Jane Campion 
initially wanted the movie to end with her drowning with the piano. Mm, that's what um, I thought actually watching it. Right? I thought it was going to end there too um, when I first watched it. And that would have been a very powerful ending. Um, not that this one's powerful, but it's just a very different quality to it. Um, and perhaps maybe part of her soul did die down there. And like you said, there was some sort of rebirth. Um, but I I thought... She, it's, it was an ending where she wasn't, she was never fully satisfied or she was never fully, yeah, she never fully kind of let that go, which is part of the sadness. She's holding on tightly and not letting go lightly. Um, and I think we can all adhere or we can all resonate with, you know, keeping something and not letting it go. And 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 letting it kind of consume us to the point of where it can draw sadness or depression, but we 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 move and we live with this sadness that always kind of lingers in our hearts. Yeah. Damn! What the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just cry, I think I just cried saying that. <laughs> I mean, I was I'm, I'm pretty much on the same lines as you. <laughs> As, um, as someone Sorry, who's we need a minute. Deal with, like, as someone who's had to like deal with anxiety and depression, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, and I'm sure a lot of us have. Uh, I mean, we've all had to deal with stuff like this. Yeah. And um, especially with depression, you know, it's a lot of like over and over again going through your decisions mm. and why you made those decisions, and always thinking of certain things that you did and what things went differently. And that specific moment where she's going down and she's at peace and all of a sudden the 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 cogs in her mind are turning, you know, and then she decides, mm. no, this is not the time. And it's, it's an interesting uh, thing when she was talking about, um, at least throughout the movie, it was like kind of hinted on, sprinkled, talking about her will, Ada's will and what she wanted. Yeah. And... Um, I think the quote was, um, I was surprised because my will willed me to survive or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, she was surprised and, by her choice at the end to fight for her survival and yeah, go back up will to the fought surface. for her survival. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was a very powerful thing. It, it To me, more the question was, why is the movie called The Piano? why what what is this um what is a piano <laughs> i mean yeah well what is a piano it's a percussive well like the maoris when they come into uh, that um into the room and they're trying to play the piano and they're like oh this is interesting how does this work yeah <laughs> um, what is it no but like why like what is their connection why is, is there piano? what is what is the symbol well, okay well i can tween i can try piano I, I, and Okay, yeah, I'm gonna be. That was more of the question for me sure. rather than the last. Season. Sure. So I'm gonna take yeah. a swing at it, but I know that I'm only scraping at the surface here. But I think mm -hmm. okay. So when she arrives on the island, the piano is everything to her, and I think in a, in a sense that might have something to do with the Flora's father, because I, mm -hmm. I I need to go back and rewatch it as I've said, but I I get the sense that maybe she was taught how to play that piano by Flora's father, or the 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 piano was given to her. Um, I, I think, think that's well, that's there was, there was that. like bits like. Okay, She's well, been learning how to play the piano when she was five. Okay, so but maybe like her and her uh, deceased husband 
used to sing. Well, they weren't married. I don't. I don't think they were married. I don't think that's actually. Oh, okay. And I think because the story that Flora, her daughter, tells to one of the other women on the, in the um, colony is, I think that's just a fantasy that she's been given. But anyway, um, mm. so she, yeah, she has this piano and it means everything to her because playing is the only way that she can truly express herself. But over the course of her relationship with uh, George Baines, she learns to start. She learns to start. I guess I don't know. She learns to express herself in other ways, and I think, um, and I think she no longer needs the piano to express herself in a way because I think she finds control in other areas. Because I think the piano was her way of controlling things, and then and see, this is where I get all tangled up. This is where I get confused because she says at one point the piano has been spoiled, which is why it has to go into the water. Was it mm-hmm. was it Alistair that spoiled it? by chopping it is it is it because she can't play mm. it completely because she's lost a finger is it because mm-hmm. she is it because again because she's had these these yeah. odd sexual entanglements she doesn't feel she's pure enough to play it anymore like it's just very it's, it's <laughs> like that's that's the confusing bit for me because the the and through the entirety of this movie they emphasize that it's super important but then they say actually no it's, but that it's that's not, that's, that's i think that's very important in and you know, of itself you know like I think like one of the, the the biggest ones was when um I can't remember her name but she was peeing in the in the uh, with the you know she was peeing and they were trying to hold up the You're one of the house servants or housemaids. No, I think she's another colonist. I got the impression that no? she worked for Alistair Samuels that she was part of the colony. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Right. But anyway, the, oh, the okay. I thought she older was like, older white lady. Let's just call her that. The the older woman. She was wearing black. Yes, um, yes, politically correct. And uh, yeah. she said something about like, I prefer your playing. I don't like to feel the emotions going through yes. you or the sound going through you or something. And there was this like uh, seesaw effect of like the piano is important. The piano is not important. And it's not just like Ada's character, but the comments of the characters around her, like the Maoris had an, had a um, point of view about the piano. Um, the, uh, her arranged marriage, like her husband, mm. um, George herself, her daughter, <laughs> um, all these people had point of views on the piano. And I thought that was, I know there's something about this piano about like society and shit. I know there's a symbol in there. I know it, but like I just can't pinpoint it and it requires a second watch. Yeah, and I think I think this is what <laughs> Well, what do you a second mean? watch will <laughs> What? Um I think I think this is exactly what this movie is trying to evoke, is trying to probe, it poke, uh, you know not just with the piano, but with everyone involved with each images, with each symbolism. Like it really is a movie that makes you feel, which is like when you feel something, you're like, Oh my God, what is this? What's happening? I very feel. I feel, I feel, I feel a lot. I very feel. And, and because you do, you start questioning yourself and the movie and the movie starts questioning you. And, and it's, and it's this, this, there's this beautiful like symbiotic relationship of of you and the film being almost one with each other and having this dance of like oh my god what am i watching oh my uh, what is this piano like everything just has meaning suddenly and like oh my god this tree what does it what does it represent uh, his axe what what does mm. that mean is that male patriarchy like in the form of an axe yeah like it's 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 that's the power of 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 this movie is that it it does mm. 
entice it it, it makes you investigate it it probes it pokes yeah. it's it, it's doing all the right things for to make you an active engaged audience member for this movie mm-hmm. well um, let's, let's let's take the power of this movie and ask some questions ourselves. Yes. Um, Raph, do you want to you take this away? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, beautiful segue. Can I please nominate Jabril for his favorite scene? Uh, the favorite scene was a really tough one, but I think it wasn't really a scene. It was a moment. Mm. It was a moment that I go through, I think, every time I travel with an instrument, and that is the moment that they arrive on the beach and the other guys leave, and she's sitting with um, her daughter holding her, who's supposedly the most important thing in her life, right? But then she like <laughs> breaks away this wooden plank and starts playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And I thought that moment, like, honestly, even thinking about it right now, get, makes the hairs on my arms, you know, stand up mm. because like, she just has to touch the keys, you know? And, oh, that reminds me, that reminds me. I totally forgot. I have to mention this. Um, what I really, really enjoyed about this was when she had human contact she would touch them with the back of her hand. Mm. But only yes. with the piano, she would touch it with the front of her hand. So there's something interesting about her relationship with the piano and the relationship with people. I totally forgot to say that. And her relationship with my notebook. And her relationship with intimacy. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Exactly. How um, she chooses yeah, to be that, touched that... or touch, depending on who she's mm-hmm. with. Sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so actually I was pretty much done. But that's basically my favorite scene or at least nice. best moment because it's like – it's part of a huge scene. Um, yeah. And it's breathtaking shot, you know, of, of uh, like the, the, it, like the, the, that's the kind of shot where I'm like, this is a painting, you know, you're seeing yeah. all the layers of different colors and transcending down. When they make the, uh, the makeshift to the score, they make them. Yeah. The- we have to give a shout out to the score. Michael Neiman. Yeah. yeah. He wrote the score yeah. for one of my favorite film scores of all time, which is Gattaca. Another oh, great film, which yes, yeah, um, Attica. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they make the makeshift tent on the beach, wh- where mm. she and her daughter sleep in with the piano, and it's sun mm. and the sun is setting over the water, just incredible. Oh, drooling over that shot, yeah, um, yeah, no, amazing, amazing moment um, for sure. It's it's one of my top three moments uh, for this film. Ollie, I'll nominate you next for your favorite moment or scene. Yeah, this is a kind of like the last um, movie we talked about. It's hard to pick a favorite scene because there are not rewatchable scenes. And this whole movie sort of feels like very much a fluid single mood that is just sustained throughout the whole time. So it's hard to pick out. Um, again, it's hard to pick out scenes. Um, but I will say um, this is a rough one. Uh because it's not again, it's it's one of the ugliest things that happens in the movie. But when Alistair cuts off um, Ada's finger, mm. I mean, it's obviously it's 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 really unpleasant to watch because it's such a um, such a spiteful thing to do to someone who cares that much about their music and what and only seems to find solace in what they can do with their hands. It's such a a vile act, but I think it says so much about what that character of Alistair was going through at the time. And even though he's kind of positioned in a way as the villain of this story, I mean, I, I could record a whole hour about what's, what's going on with that dude. 
He's kind of like the prototypical cuck slash col- colonialist. Sim. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, anyway, uh, but that's not the reason why I love that scene. I think it's it's Holly Hunter's um, performance in that scene. Mm. So when she has her her finger cut off, you expect her to yelp out in pain because that's what somebody would do. But she doesn't. Her character mm. manages to stay silent even through that pain. And then she just gets mm. up and starts wandering around in a sen- in a in a shocked daze. And I, you get the sense that I think that that Alistair's character part of the reason he cut her finger off was because he wanted her to talk because he wants to hear her voice, but she won't give him that. She won't let him have my mm. voice. She's like, you can't have my voice. And so instead, nice. she keeps mm. it in, and then she just sinks to the ground. And it's just some of the the greatest acting I've ever seen. Yeah. And um, yeah, brilliant filmmaking all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, powerful, powerful moment. Um, that's my top that, that was my that was i was in between that scene that very moment and the next one which is also not you know the most joyous of of moments um but it's it's the moment where she drowns with the piano um and you're left hanging with that shot um i, I like the camera pulls away and you see i think it's not even sorry it's it's after that it's it's when you're when you're getting the the shot, I think it's the last shot of the film, where I don't know why I'm doing this with my arm, trying to like you know demonstrate. Um, <laughs> it's powering. Yeah, yeah. go. <laughs> um, but it's the piano's you know sunken to 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 the seabed, and there's the rope mm-hmm. um, that is attached to her foot, and then you see her. Oh, it's the like the what if like. Yeah, and yes. it's that kind of, and the shot pulls away, and it has like a fainted, almost dreamlike quality to it. Um, and it leaves you with so many questions about what it means, um, about letting go. Uh, and there's a deep sadness to it. Um, the and silence f- where there is no sound. Like, does she crave that silence? Does she want yeah. that silence? Anyway, like sorry. what? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. What is it about that shot that it, it's it's like it's like you know how um some pictures you know say a thousand words, and for me this shot told me a thousand things. Um, and it's yeah, it's just got this beautifully dreamlike quality, and it speaks to the movement of this piece, the the mood of this of this movie. Um, yeah, wow, look at this selection. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Uh, hey, take it easy, that. sweetheart. Hey, take, take it, it easy, easy sweetheart. Hey. Um, we had to break away from the seriousness, didn't we? <laughs> it was getting too. It was getting too serious. Um, okay, I will now nominate Oliver for his favorite performance. Ooh. Well, I mean, I literally just said Holly Hunter did some of the best acting I've ever seen. And you did say she was your say- favorite actress. And she is, she is literally my favorite actress. She's okay. A little sidebar. She's in two of my favorite films of all time, broadcast news and raising Arizona. And then you look at this film and it's the completely other end of, you know, the spectrum in terms Mm. of what you can do as a, with a performance anyway. Um, but I'm not going to say Holly Hunter here just because I did want to give a shout out to cute little Anna Patkin as Mm. Flora. I thought what she did as a child actress was incredible. I think we we already touched on all the reasons why a bit earlier, but I also want to give a shout out to those cheeks because she's got <laughs> the cutest little cheeks, which is a bit of a weird thing to say, but I just wanted to pinch him. <laughs> and I just thought she, she wouldn't was, have liked yeah, it. She, no, she would not have liked it. No, she would have not. She would have not liked no, it. No, she wanted attention. 
I think yeah, she could have. She wanted attention, fam. Yeah, she needed a fuck. She needed any kind she of parental figure in her life at that yeah. point. She was kind yeah. of like keep holding on to exactly. her, the secret of her mother's affair. That is way too much for a kid to be. That's a lot. With. Yeah. Yeah. Fab. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that yeah. would be my choice. Anna Paquin. Yeah, deserved, deserved. Jabril, uh, yeah. what about you? Well, I was gonna go with uh her 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 character but um her performance because it was awesome like as a person who loves accents mm. the fact that she did it at 11 or yeah, 10 yeah um yeah is so impressive and i find the scottish accent one of the most difficult ones to get like good. yeah it's, it's tough one. the fact that she could do that at that age and then add to that all that stuff it's not that hard um, to yeah. do <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> it's not that it hard to do. <laughs> okay, Mike Myers, <laughs> settle down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I'm gonna go with. I guess I'm just gonna go with uh, Holly. Yeah. Because, well, I'm gonna go with her because she had such an amazing um, performance and the way she did it, like the control with her eyes, her like. The little muscles in her face, like how do you train that, you know? Mm. But I read somewhere, I don't know, maybe it was one of the articles you shared, Raph, um, but it could have been one of our favorites, like a, a favorite of the show. It could have been Sigourney Weaver. Mm. Apparently. Yeah. She wanted to, they, they wanted her to be the main character. Yeah. And it's just an interesting thing to, what if it was her, mm -hmm. you know? Like um, coming off like loads of crazy blockbuster movies um and doing this like it would have been interesting mm. so um in terms of performances i loved pretty much all of their performances but yeah i wanted to pose that question what if what if this the, the, this, this movie a lot about this movie is what if yeah and yeah yeah absolutely um yeah, no, Holly Hunter and Anna Paquin, like how can we not mention their names when we talk about, you know, favorite performances? Um, Holly is, she carries a whole universe of feelings um, that is so beautifully conveyed. And I think this movie carries a whole universe of feeling, at least for me, that transported me from, you know, a whole spectrum. Um, and Anna Paquin was, was also that kind of commanding, um fierce but also like lost child that 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 was wanting of 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 some sort of yeah paternal figure um but also wanted to be a kid and play and 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 not lose that part of her um <clears throat> and you know to 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 kind of because i don't i know we haven't mentioned you know sam neil or harvey Keitel, um but I, i'll say you know shout out to those two i think they 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 delivered on all fronts too and i think harvey Keitel had such a grounded and the dude is fucking jacked i mean i just have to put i just have to say that straight up out there i'm like holy you're like his hands or like holly hunter's face um like he's just a massive man but like he has yeah, such yeah. a yes a powering and commanding presence but there's also something very delicate and erotic. And I was slightly aroused at some points, I must say. Um, and I think he gave a very, yeah, very rooted performance, especially when he's sitting on the chair, kind of confessing yeah. um, how he feels about music. Um, there was such a, there's, there's very like, 
tortured artist soul. Yeah, like yeah. Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah like. had definitely. Yeah. Which, hey, fun fact about Kurt Cobain, apparently it was the last movie he watched before he passed away. Really? Yeah. Wow, not such a fun fact. Yeah. But not so not so fact, fun, but fact. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I yeah, I'll say Harvey Keitel just to 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 give it um variety. Um because yeah, he he also has that kind of grounded groundedness to his to his performance. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a beautifully I think all all pieces are are just moving beautifully in this mm-hmm. and all performances. Oh, are, can I can I add something yeah, go. to the list maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh the the Maori matriarch. Oh yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, she she was awesome. Like I loved her the way she um interacted she was kind of like a motherly figure in a way yes. but also like um quite like um what's what's the word for it like the 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 realistic voice i don't know like the voice, voice of reason of, mm. the voice of reason yeah okay the voice of reason in certain moments like oh she's just a child like don't fucking shout at this little baby who's trying to tell you something mm. like with uh yeah or in other moments there's been countless yeah. throughout the movie, but yeah. I thought yeah. her performance was excellent. For yeah, sure, for great, sure. Yeah. Um, and it was good to see my man Cliff Curtis in there, too. Oh, I yeah. love that guy. Um, I counted one right. line. One line for him. <laughs> yeah, one line. That's all he needs, man. Like, he can he can do it all, and if with one line, he will deliver. Um, <laughs> but moving on to what's aged the best. Shabriel, for you, what is it? Mm. this is one of the tough ones mm. because we've been finding this this question tough i'm gonna say uh flora's um her performance mm. um just like her ability like at that age still the youngest what she did the, to win an oscar so the the to win an, a supporting uh or just oscar in to, to win a supporting i think like the youngest to win a performance oscar so for for, for, for best supporting actress yeah still the youngest yeah wow. that's uh yeah i think she's the crazy. second youngest um, actor sorry period to win an oscar in for acting yeah uh the other one went to um silver uh wildebeest no not wildebeest sorry um the southern beast Oh, uh, you know, I actually don't have that figure in front of me. I wish I see. I just dropped that fact, but then I didn't have the actual. You can't uh, back it up. Classic Ollie. To, so, I, yeah. uh, oh, God damn it. It's not in front of me. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, that's yeah, beautifully uh, a beautiful thing that's aged the best is is Anna Paquin's, mm-hmm. you know, performance because you just don't get yeah. a performance like that. It's very rare. Yeah. I think I think yeah, that's. I don't think I've ever seen a performance like that out of a child actress. Uh, maybe uh, what's the girl um, that was in that Wolverine movie? Um, and yes. she was uh, Logan. That and, was, and Logan. Yeah, Logan. Um, I think that was like on par. Tatum O'Neill, like, kid actress. Sorry, <laughs> I just found it out. I don't know who that is. She she's, she was an who actress who she was in a Paper Moon. A great Peter Book Paper Moon. That's 70s. right, of course. And she was ten. She was ten years old when she won the Academy Award. One year that's younger right. than uh, Anna Patkin. But sorry, there we go. No good fact check. But yeah, and um, Daphne Keene that's, is that's, is the uh, Logan girl. Mm, yeah, yeah, and she's uh, also in the Golden Compass, and I think she's his Dark Materials. His yeah. Dark Materials. And loads, loads of yeah, mm-hmm. um, loads of Netflix shit. Too. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> coming. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, that was that was what age of the nice. I love that if you, if you received her resume or a list of acting credits, and there were those two, and then some Netflix shit. <laughs> yeah, lots of Netflix yeah. shit too. Um, <laughs> which Anna Paquin, I think, uh, I mean, has has turned in great performances since, and and has been in in, in multiple, you know, acclaimed and big franchise. But I, 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 of recent, of recent memory now, of of, of recent mm-hmm. date, I haven't seen her around. I don't know. She was I in don't... The Irishman, and that that performance she was. was yeah. at the center of a lot of controversy because uh, a lot of people took umbrage with the fact that she had I, I don't think she had any lines or she had more than one line mm. but mm-hmm. it was very i thought it was a very you know searing performance from her but again mm. one where she's not really using words so maybe, much as maybe her she does like maybe she does behind the scenes like behind the camera oh maybe she's you know taking it easy because she's been performing well, since 10 she was yeah and she was in a yeah she was in a tv <laughs> she was in a tv show for nearly 10 years that will take it out of you yeah yeah yeah, yeah true blood right yeah yeah uh ollie what's age the best for you um, my friend oof, okay so this could this is age the best but it could just as easily go into aged the worst but my Ooh. answer is just the adult drama so I don't have uh, I let me just get the figure right here. This film came out in 1993, and it made approximately 140 million dollars at the box office, and I'm assuming that's just theatrical receipts. Hmm. That is bonkers. Films like this barely get made today, let alone released in theaters around the world and make that kind of money. I'm hmm. talking about like an adult drama made with this kind of sensitivity. Erotic not a lot as happens well. Where the, yeah, exactly, where it treats human sexuality not as something just to titillate, but something that is speaks to these characters and what is going on in inside of them. So, so yeah, you don't get complex entertainment like this, unfortunately, um, you know, in cinema and that is readily available for everyone and that does this well. And so I, I'm going to say that that's what aged the best about this film because yeah. it's so rare today. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic point. Um, and I think it was uh, one of that. I think that the film was the highest grossing New Zealand film of all time, surpassing um, both Once Were Warriors and Foot Rot Flats, The Doc's Tale, which I have not heard of that film. Um, but yes, <laughs> with a title like that, I had not heard of it. Um, so... So yeah, and and so deserved and deserved. What am I in Shakespeare? So deserved, um, <laughs> deserved. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 very it's hopeful. It's it makes it makes me hope for cinema that like movies of this caliber of this quality can be made and still make the bucks. Um, yeah. So yes, I applaud it. A lot. What's aged the best for me, I think, um, is the cinematography. I think that the way the movie looks, the way the movie moves, the way the movie feels, there's a rich palette of colors, of natural, raw um, uh, colors that, that just... If you're looking at it in... A, especially, I don't know. I, I don't know how it would feel looking at it in the cinema... But it must be breathtaking to to see it with like those kind of big screens, um, to see that kind of 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 composition and tapestry um, in a film that is so that just moves beautifully, and with its movement, it moves you. Um, and I think the cinematographer um, it just did a beautiful job uh, at this. 
and 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 Jane's Jane's direction was mesmeric. So that's me. And let's say what's age the worst, lads, uh, Oliver. Uh, so I have a. Let me ask you guys first before I answer. I have a, I have written down a few to these. I know you guys have been struggling a little bit with this question recently. So I wanted to ask: Do you guys have any responses to this, or should I just throw out a bunch mm-hmm. from my end? Okay. Uh, I do. Okay. Right. Well, then I'll just say one. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm not going to go with one of the funnier, funnier ones I was thinking about, but I'll just say I'll go with something serious since this is a serious film. Uh, mm. I get. I wish we could see a little bit more into the Maori characters in this film. I know that they're not necessarily the focus of this, but you mentioned uh, Jabril earlier the one of the Maori matriarchs. How much you liked that actress's performance, and I thought it was great too. But I felt like all of the Maori characters in this film they felt like. Um, set dressing or they felt like they were there often to speak words of wisdom to the white colonial characters and again i'm not saying i mean perhaps that's just where the story took jane campion but it would have been nice to see a little bit more from at least one of those characters or to get a, a slightly more more of an insight into um their culture in this so yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's pretty much exactly what i wanted to say mm-hmm. um i thought the uh their presence was not felt enough throughout the movie yes well, well said. so like the when we when we watched once we were war- once were warriors um my problem with that movie was because i didn't get any indication as to why I should connect with any of these characters and g- give me any sort of history as to how these characters became in that came to that situation. With this movie, right, as it being, you know, Kiwi cinema and whatnot, I I would have wanted it to have had more. Like they had a Maori um, consultant and speech. Uh, someone who is in charge of like the language and things on the movie. So it was strange to see the Maori people not have a presence throughout this movie. You know, in my opinion, I think the character of George Baines should have been Maori or part Maori. I don't know if, if that was something like a decision that was in the book or the two books that was, I don't, I don't know the information Mm. from there. But let's say if this movie was made today, I think George Baines's character it would have been better if he was Maori because like at least they they hint to a, a his connection with the Maori people, and I think they could have gone further with that connection. And I think there would have been, um, it would have made more sense if his character was kind of like the bridge between both societies because like yeah. in the beginning they make it seem as if he was the translator or someone who could communicate with them, but then. It turns out that no, that everyone can speak English, you know, somewhat. You can communicate, kind of. So yeah, the the whole Maori thing was a bit um, off <laughs> for me. It could have been fine tuned a little bit. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. Um, mm. Because I was lagging and disconnecting. I don't know, Ollie. Did you yeah. say you're watch Age the Worst? Yeah, we, me and Jabril, basically gave the same answer. 
we were just um great we both felt that the that that we didn't see enough of the interiority of at least one or two Mary characters in this film mm-hmm. um right on yeah. yeah and i and i also mentioned uh my like grievances with the pat like the differences between why the extreme presence of Maori in the the first movie and the yeah. lack of presence in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, trying to compare the two from, from my point of view. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think that, yeah, for me, I don't think it took me away too much. I thought there was some, some balance between, between the two cultures. Um, obviously then it shifted into the central performances or the central focus between all three characters, uh, all four characters, shall I say, um so i didn't mind it as much because if you put too much focus into it then it becomes something other than what it's trying to be um we're all we're all disconnecting left and right here um you're good and let's keep going oh i'm good okay great um and i thought for me what's aged the worst and this is going to be controversial but um i thought the accents kind of aged oh i I wrote down i'm not gonna uh, Harvey Keitel's Scottish accent was was one of them. Yeah, and I and you know Anna Paquin, um, Paquin, she, you know she was ten, eleven. So like I I hold not no grievances there, but I don't know. I just thought the accents were kind of just a little off or a little odd. Wait, 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 wait. Were they all supposed to be Scottish? Yeah, I, I don't so. think. Or were I, they just, I don't. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, no. Not Sam Neill. No, I don't think. Maybe not Sam. Neill. I, th- I don't know about Sam Neill, but I'm pretty sure uh, Holly Hunter, Anna Paquin, yeah. and then the uh, Harvey Keitel character were meant to be Scottish, and his yeah. accent seemed particularly okay. lacking to me. Yeah, it almost right. He it seemed a bit Northern Irish than Scottish. Yeah, slight. Well, yeah, there, there was like that. a seem- yeah slight Irish twang to it, and it was so mm. subdued, and as if he knew he probably couldn't pull it off, so he like. Mm. gave a very subdued accent so we can't quite tell yeah. uh, but 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 let me let me put some at that time accents sounded a little different so like course. was it stylistically yeah. a choice to be realistic to that time yeah or did they make it so people could the thing is like, like harvey uh, Keitel familiar. comes from brooklyn and i could hear the brooklyn in his accent <laughs> yeah which is oh you could probably hear okay, not how people, the brooklyn how sailors living in new zealand in the 1850s were meant to sound yeah. i can't i can't <laughs> I verify that for sure but uh yeah. i have a strong suspicion <laughs> and like sam neil there was like a slight kiwi accent going in and out and i don't know if the kiwi accent at least for the colonialist fully developed yet you know like he's that he's, kind he's, he's i thought he's northern irish he's no he's he's he was born in northern ireland i think and raised in new zealand so yeah he, raised in new he zealand he can do right. both yeah 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 right right right, 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 right. um but yeah, so I, I just thought the accents, I don't know why they're just like, mm. they didn't, they didn't work that again, they, t- it took nothing away, but it just, if I had to nitpick, I was like, Hmm, there's something off about the accents. Um, yeah, specifically yeah. Harvey. I mean, but, Ewan McGregor was just right there. Why not cast him? <laughs> <laughs> no, like again, like I don't think I, I object to the fact that we should like, you know, cast like specifically an Irish person for that Irish role, mm. a Scottish person, but like, like, come on, we're all like, if it's, if it's, if it's the same ethnicity, if it's the same, if, if we're all, you know, if it's white men, like you can, like, that's what we do okay. as actors. Why we, tr- that's why we train. That's why we're, tr- that's why, why did agree. I do accent class for three agree. years? Agree. Agree. No, completely agree. But counterpoint, 
Um, you don't need to be Scottish to play a Scottish person, but if you can't do the accent, yes. don't bother doing the accent. Just use your yeah. normal accent. People get over it really quickly when they're watching a film. Like yeah, people don't no. give a when people people don't need to. You know, the point is people realize these are actors; they're just giving a performance. Like you know, you don't have to. Break yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you're trying to be accurate and if the casting process is like a fluent Scottish accent, like you have to deliver or or they yeah, or they or they are hired. But then, you know, that's your training for the role. All right. Mystery question. Um, And I'm just literally just thought of this. So this is going to be a surprise to me and to you guys. Um, But what's the one what's one piece, one object? It can be an instrument. And I think, Jabril, I'll know which one you'll pick. But it's one object, one piece, something that evokes all those feelings for you, just like Holly Hunter's character with the piano. Something you can't quite let go. Something that means is your voice, is your spirit, your feeling. One, one, one object, anything. It can, it can be like a, it can be the PS4 if, if you want it to be. It can be an apple. Just mm. it, something and i'll think about it too so uh take five guys take five oh i'm gonna say mine because i've got to go to the loo yeah like right now (laughs) so the toilet the toilet seat yeah (laughs) no um you guys know already it's my baby my my third arm my (laughs) i don't know my second heart yes keep going the only brain Mm. It's my guitar, you know, Sam. like guitar, a guitar, not a specific one, but guitar. Love yeah, it. Beautiful. For me, it's, it's, it's hard to answer that question because I don't know. I, I'm actually trying to move on from this, but I, I don't have, I've never been strongly attached to material items. I mean, not to say I don't love physical things. I do, but I don't, because I moved around a lot growing up, there wasn't, like one totem or many objects that I held on to throughout that, that have a lot of sentiment, sentimental meaning attached to them. Unfortunately, I'm actually trying to change that. Um, so it's hard for me to think of one thing that encapsulates all of my spirit or that I've poured my heart into. I mean, you know, maybe photo albums and things like that, or, or mm. journals, journals, perhaps I have a lot of journals mm. that I've kept over the years or um, pieces of write handwriting from other people that I've kept. But um, just to give an easy, simple answer, I was given a typewriter recently by someone very special, and I've only just started using it in the last few months. But I, I really hope that that becomes the representative item that I, that I again, that I pour a lot of my soul into, but that also I get a lot of meaning out from and that I mm. hold on to all these years. And yeah, I hope I don't ever have to throw it into the ocean. Yeah, that would be brutal. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that journey with your typewriter. Thank you. Um, that looks like a beautifully found relationship. Um, I am kind of in the same predicament as you, where I never quite held anything dearly that was materialistic or that was, you know, totems or very. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a rude, rude awakening by a by Jabril. Um, so I, you know, like I, 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 I can attach to a lot of things and feelings um, very quickly. I'm very emotive that way. So like, you know, a P 
piece of stick can can do it can can have that for me can be like you know the mo- and i do i literally have a walking stick right there at the end of my room that is representative to like my fondness and love for nature and then i have you know um minerals and rocks that also represent that but also represent you know my my moods and my spirituality so i know i said this question about objects but i'm gonna go with my body weirdly enough um, because i think my (laughs) i didn't know that was an option (laughs) what the fuck um i i feel like i have a lot in my body right now i feel like it's pretty important (laughs) to me too okay so i didn't know we were allowed to use that <laughs> well, to be fair, I wanted to say my ears. Oh, very good. I, I didn't want. I, I I really needed to pee. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. listen, we can all change. I mean, and this is all. We're, we're all like growing and living and journeying, and this is all going to change. You know. Anyway, there's no. I don't believe there's always one thing. Um, there could be multiple things. I think for me, as an actor, especially a physical actor, um, my body is my instrument. So I always like to take care of it, and I find spirituality in my body. Um, and Gross. find peace in my body. Mm. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful answer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. And also bodies where, you know, you f- like sexual stuff. So anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Eroticism out of the way. But yes, the body's also used for that. And this movie, you know, very much shows that intimacy is with for the, the body. For the, for the boom boom. For the boom boom, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, with yourself, with others, with, you know, all shapes and sizes. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, moving on to the ratings. Um, I can go first. I'll take, I'll take the, uh, the first swing at this one. I will give this movie 9.5 piano keys out of 10. Did I take everyone's? I took everyone's. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's all right. I prepared a second one just in case. Um, <laughs> That's why I wanted to go first. Yeah. But now I'm just trying to jump ahead of the queue so Jabril doesn't. <laughs> Jabril's left um, with nothing. I'm, I, uh, I am not listening to what you're saying right now. I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, I, I, okay. So here's my, I'm going to give it nine out of 10 uh, tribal face tattoos. Um, I would honestly, there's a chance I would give this film a perfect score because I do find it um, so peculiar and interesting to me. But I, because I've, it's so fresh in my memory at the moment, I still mm. have so much to unpack. I feel like I can't go that far yet. But yeah, nine out of ten face tattoos. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You, you, okay <laughs> stalling you can literally say um, like you know 9.5 on a pack win performances yeah, yeah. Out of 10. <laughs> literally angel <laughs> wings um yeah uh no okay i'm gonna go well, waves like crashing Ollie, you know i feel like i need a second um viewing for this mm. it's just it's it's tough to to give like a final um like rating for it but I'm going to go with 8.5 um, pieces of ripped lace. Nice. 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 Yeah. Very good. Very good. Right. Well, yeah. you know what? It, it really pleases me to, to, to have, um, you know, talked about yeah. this film with you guys. Uh, you can tell. 
it's it's an hour and 25 yeah minutes. we yeah. really i think i think there was much enjoyment there was all a lot of a lot of pondering contemplation a lot of beauty discussed um and it was really a pleasure to discuss all these points mm-hmm. with you and to to feel this movie with you guys because that's what this movie did made me feel for sure yeah so um before we go i actually forgot to just do this in the beginning but basically uh 22nd of <laughs> april this is in two weekends from now Temps rising. Ollie and I are going to be DJing. Um, I know it's a bit weird to be talking about this and plugging this right when we finish the, <laughs> talking about this movie, but um, there's a lot that I forgot to say in the beginning of this because they're excited because we're filming and we're recording. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like totally. Um, but yeah, uh, come down to the Servant Jazz Quarters in Dalston. Um, tickets are going right now for £10 uh, with proceeds going to uh, the humanitarian fund for Ukraine. Mm. I this is one of the ones that I find very difficult to say because it's mm. like ten words in the title. Yeah. Um, yeah. So come down, support uh, Boogie for a Cause. It's going to be a really great time. And if you want to meet the movie newbies, all three of us are going to be there, and it's going to be a great time. Also, shame on me, shame on me. But to everyone out there right now. Um, Observing the month of Ramadan, I'd like to share with you Ramadan Kareem, Barak Alaikum Al Shahar. And um, I hope you're having a lovely time with your family, friends, and doing what you do. And on that note, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, do your stuff, five star ratings. We really need it. We want to get out there. We want to become a bigger podcast. Mm. And um, yeah, Raf, is there anything you'd like to share? No, just happy Ramadan as well. And um, yeah, go watch this film if you want to. If you want to feel. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you want to, yeah, if you want to feel some emotions, mm. definitely watch this movie. For sure. And watch anything else by Jane Campion. She is a master. Yeah. At feels. Yeah, feels. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ciao, ciao for now, my people.